0: Joining us now on the phone, the coach of Team Manitoba Freestyle Ski, Blake Gress. Blake, good morning.
1: Good morning, Hal. How's it going?
0: I'm excellent. Thank you so much for jumping on here for a couple of minutes. I've had a couple of listeners reach out and say, hey, Manitoba's got a heck of a freestyle ski team, so tell me about this team as you get ready to head to PEI for the start of the Canada Winter Games on February 18th.
1: Absolutely. So our uh, our team is composed of five male athletes and two female athletes. We compete primarily in the disciplines of slopestyle and big air. While we're at Canada Games, we'll also be doing moguls, dual moguls, and aerials.
0: So they do it all. Uh, it, it, is that essentially uh, freestyle? Is that the category then that you, you're kind of doing a bunch of different stuff on skis?
1: So that is the category. Most um, most teams in most provinces, the bigger provinces like Quebec, Alberta, B.C., And Ontario, they send athletes from each discipline that specialize more, but we pride ourselves in sending athletes who can compete in multiple disciplines.
0: Wow, that's cool, eh? Uh, You know, a smaller province like Manitoba having to send people that can uh, sort of do it all.
1: Yeah, we definitely punch above our weight. Uh, One of our athletes um, has a NORAM spot, which means he competes at the continental level, so he competes against the best skiers from North America.
0: I don't want you to forget any names, but can you mention the uh, the team members just for the heck of it as, as they get ready to represent, represent Manitoba at the Canada Winter Games?
1: Sure. So our Noram-level athlete is Rowan Parnell. We also have Tyrus Thompson, Alex LeVay, Evan Fulton, as well as our two female athletes are Dylan Fisk and Mae Fulton, who uh, is twins with Evan.
0: Cool and there does seem to be at least just judging by some of the messages that I've been getting about this team, there does seem to be uh, real excitement about the team and the ability for the team to go in and, and
1: win. Yeah, we definitely have some athletes that, uh, that have a shot of winning this thing. Uh, so that's super exciting for us as coaches, um, and as staff, we think, well, we've prepared our athletes very well. We've, um, built over the year so that we are reaching our peak at Canada Winter Games.
0: And remind me, um, is this the first Canada uh, Winter Games since the pandemic, or or am I wrong about that?
1: Yes, it is. So since the pandemic, so four years ago, Canada Winter Games was in Red Deer. So I guess we kind of bridged that gap where it hasn't been affected, but this is the first Games since the pandemic.
0: And how has that been difficult for you and your team members waiting that long to compete at this level has it been a good thing or a bad thing
1: so this past year we've really hit the ground running over the summer we trained um in the glacier in bc so at momentum ski camps and then we also trained at maximize in august which is a uh, a training facility that some of the best la- athletes in the world go to so i think that's helped us made up for lost time
0: blake thanks for doing this all the best in p in pei yeah, thank you very much. Thanks for having me on. Blake Grist is, uh, thank you, Blake Grist is the coach of Team Manitoba Freestyle Ski. Again, the Canada Winter Games, the first since the pandemic. It's going February 18th in Prince Edward Island. Uh, just got a text message here. Stalled military vehicle, house. So if you're out in traffic driving around, keep this in mind. Stalled military vehicle right in the middle of westbound Sterling Lion at Route 90. So right in the middle of westbound Sterling line at Route 90, stalled military vehicle. That could be causing some problems out there this morning in traffic. Getting a lot of text messages and emails on our question of the day, which is, have you ever experienced a break-in? Let me just read a couple here. Steve says, Hal, love your show. Thank you, Steve. Appreciate that. Steve says, I've had two break-ins. Very discouraging because the cops won't even come to your house. Just give them a claim number this is no deterrent for thieves at all. Uh, they know this, and they will breaking uh, be breaking in again. Come on, please. Police Department. That one is from Steve. And uh, another one here. Hal, my garage was broken into. My car rifled through. When they found nothing in the car, I guess they were mad, so they found a container of antifreeze on a shelf and poured it all through the inside of my car, all over my child seat, my car seat, And into the vents, pure vandalism. Wow. This is the kind of stuff that's going on out there. Absolutely. And I think to some degree, it's on us to make sure that we protect our home and our vehicle and our garage and do everything we can. I'm not saying it's our fault. I'm just saying we need to do everything we can. We've heard uh, a couple of times on our air here this morning already, police are, are doing the best they can. They react, obviously, after it happens. We know the challenges that Winnipeg police are facing, but it's out of hand. It definitely is out of control out there. Break-ins, vandalism, that sort of thing. That's why we're asking It is as our question of the day. And again, have you experienced a break-in? Number one answer, 42% yes, just once, once. Never, 37%. But 21% are saying, yeah, in fact, it's happened a few times. So that 63%, the vote so far at cgob.com says, yeah, I've been broken into at least once, if not more.
2: It's about um, you know really uh, you know having that experience around the table, but also bringing in new, so they can help you know a little bit with tra- training some of the uh, the new cabinet ministers as well. That's all a part of it.
0: Premier Heather Stephenson on her cabinet shuffle yesterday. Global News anchor Lisa Dutton breaks down the changes. Deputy
1: Premier Cliff Cullen takes over the finance file from Cameron Friesen. and Eileen Clark moves from municipal relations to Indigenous reconciliation. Four backbenchers are taking on cabinet portfolios. Kevin Klein is Minister of Environment and Climate, while Abi Khan takes over the Sport, Culture and Heritage portfolio. Janice Morley Lacombe joins cabinet as Mental Health and Community Wellness Minister, and James Teitzma will handle consumer protection and government services.
0: And joining us now to talk about it, Royce Koop, political scientist at the University of Manitoba. Royce, good morning. Good morning, Hal well your your initial reaction to yesterday's cabinet shuffle and then we'll dig into some of the meat here
2: well i mean i think that with the election coming up relatively soon everything has to be viewed through that lens and this is an example of that we see here the the premier you know shuffling her cabinet in response to some things that have happened like uh, the finance minister departing but Really, this is the, the cabinet she's going to be taking into the election. These are the people that are going to be behind her when she's she's running. And, you know, we can kind of understand some of the decisions she's made uh, because of that.
0: You know, sometimes you can uh, get the best information on how people are feeling about things by, by reading the comments under that online story, right? The story, cabinet shuffle, here are the details, and then you read the comments. And I was reading some of the comments yesterday on a bunch of stories about this. And it's interesting to read the comments. A couple things I noticed. Uh, people pointed out that, gee, you know what? We've got people in portfolios that have already announced they're leaving, and in fact, in some cases, in very important portfolios, like Cullen in finance, right? He's already said, I'm not going to be hanging around, yet here he is, the finance minister, arguably the most or one of the most important portfolios, so maybe weigh in on that. And then, you know, often you see in a cabinet shuffle somebody and you go, well, gee, you know, they're in this portfolio. What experience really do they have but I think it's really thin in this cabinet.
2: Yeah, I mean, if, if, an, if a minister isn't going to run again, then usually what we, uh, we see is the premier taking them out in advance of the election. And that's what we, uh, we saw with several cabinet ministers in this shuffle. The two exceptions are Cullen and Finance, and then uh, Clark in, uh, in indigenous, on the Indigenous file. And the explanation is these are, are very reliable, you know, high-performing ministers that the Premier can rely on. But, you know, there, there is – you're getting fewer and fewer people that she can actually draw upon with that right. experience. And so now she's leaning on people that maybe she shouldn't be. Maybe in an ideal world she would uh, let these people go before the election, given that they're not running again. I think that, you know, appointing a Khan and Klein, you can kind of see that as the premier trying to put a new face onto a government, giving roles to uh, to new people, new faces that aren't kind of associated with the the, the PC party that we usually think of in government. But it, it might have been the case that, you know, she could have put these people, like take a chance on them, put them into the high profile roles, into places like finance. Then you'd really be putting a new face on the government. But Uh, clearly she opted for the more cautious route of kind of keeping these veterans in these uh, these high-profile roles.
0: Yeah, and you're right. I mean, uh, the numbers that she can pick from are dwindling, and dwindling quickly, and it sounds like there will maybe even be more departures, more retirement announcements for the Tories, but it's not very often you would see a rookie MLA who has been elected within a year get a cabinet post.
2: Yeah, that's right, and, and I mean it, it depends on the premier or the prime minister as well. Some people are, are more willing to take the risk than others. I think that uh, our premier is more more cautious, more conservative than a lot of other people. But you know, with with Khan and Klein, I mean, there's there's real benefits. You know, the the part of the problem that's, that that uh, the premiers had is he hasn't been able to address how low in the polls the party is. She was supposed to provide a clean break from Brian Pallister's time in office. And the poll numbers haven't really budged in response to that. So she, she needs to make these kinds of changes to try to give her a new face to the party that she can take into this election campaign. So there's a certain risk, you know, putting people with relatively little experience into these roles. Although, you know, Klein was a city councilor. So he does have some experience there, but I think it's, honestly i think it's well worth the risk getting those new people out there making announcements uh i think it was worth it for the premier to take that uh to take that chance
0: yeah i mean just based on the poll numbers which as you point out are not budging uh certainly not in a good way for Stephenson and the tories uh, w- what have you got to lose let me play a clip here of wob yeah. canoe and i think he makes an interesting point this this cabinet shuffle and before that uh stephenson announced on two at least two different occasions changes in the people around her that work with her like chief of staff and you know administrative people and uh, now this cabinet shuffle. And listen to what NDP leader Wab Canoe said in reaction to yesterday's cabinet shuffle. And then I'll get you to weigh in on this, Royce. This is Wab Canoe.
1: Deputy Premier Cliff Collins.
0: No, that's uh, Lisa Dutton. This is Wab Canoe.
3: PCs are so focused on addressing these internal
0: issues that they haven't fixed or even attempted to fix the one thing that Manitobans want them to get right, which is health care. He makes an interesting point. I mean, listen, Stephenson, you got to do what you got to do. Stephenson's doing what she has to do, I guess, to, in order to win. That's what she wants to do. But in the meantime, are important issues like health care not getting the attention they deserve?
2: I mean, I think that, the, you know, the the leader of the opposition is perfectly entitled to hold the government to account over their performance on health care. Uh, I think that message is going to resonate. but you know, the reality is people are going to resign. People are going to leave their roles. You're going to see changes in staff, and the Premier has to deal with that on an ongoing basis. So I wouldn't worry too much about these issues. The government, of course, consists of more than just the cabinet and more than just the staff that's directly around the Premier. We have a professional civil service uh, involved here. So this is not something I'd worry about terribly. Uh, I think the, the, the argument that the government is too focused on internal issues rather than on these public policy issues, they, the NDP might get some traction out of that. And I think they're entitled to make those arguments. But frankly, it's not something that keeps me awake at night.
0: And and we could have got into the fact that Audrey Gordon is again the health minister. Uh, no change there, and I think some people maybe expected or thought there should be a change, but but that uh, is is status quo in a really important portfolio, health care. Let me ask you one final question, Royce. Um, with all this maneuvering by the Tories and the polling showing the NDP and and Wab Canoe pretty strong. What sort of an election campaign do you think we might see? Are, are, you, are, you, are you thinking about that at all? Will it be normal? Will we see maybe more uh, dirty tactics? What, what are you expecting over the next seven or eight months?
2: I mean, I, I can see how, you know, if an incumbent government, if it looks like they're going to lose, we could see more negative attacks, more uh, more of a negative campaign. I think what will be interesting over the next few months as we really gear up into this election, we know when it's going to be, is that you know for, for quite a while now, there hasn't been a whole lot of attention focused on WACANU and the NDP. There's been a lot of focus during the pandemic and onward focused on the Tories and the government and issues with health care and with education. But that's allowed the NDP to get away with not uh, talking specifically about the kinds of things they would do when they get into government, they say, well, we're going to fix health care. Okay, well, what does that mean? Now, that's a smart strategy when you're ahead in the polls. It's great. To, it's, a, it's a front-runner strategy. But as we get closer to the election, we're going to see more scrutiny on the NDP. and Things will get more interesting. Manitobans are going to get more information about uh, the kind of government that law Canoe would run if he gets elected.
0: Yep. I think you're right. I think as the as election uh, day gets closer, people are going to say, okay, I get it. You don't think they're doing a good job. What would you do? What would you do differently? And I think you're right. As as we get closer to the vote itself, we're going to see more scrutiny, I think, for everybody uh, involved as voters wow. decide who is best to, to lead this province uh, beyond uh, 2023. Royce, thanks a lot for your time. I always appreciate the conversation.
2: No problem.
0: Thanks a lot. All right, last half hour of the show. Uh, let's take one more caller here before we uh, start uh, talking about the Juno nominees, which have been announced this morning in Toronto. Sean is on the line at 204-780-6868, wanting to weigh in on the cabinet shuffle yesterday. Yes, Sean. Morning, Al. Hi.
3: A lot of people like to debate, you know, right wing, which would be the Conservatives, versus left wing, which is the NDP. Did yep. anybody ever stop to think that those wings are attached to the same bird?
0: <laughs> well, I've never heard a put like well, that, but yes, we're kind of all in this together, aren't we?
3: Well, we are, and you know what? I, I, I find it frustrating when I hear Wob on there going on, about, you know, complaining about the, the Conservatives and you know, the mismanagement of stuff, when his party drove our province into the ground and into pretty much bankruptcy, and then the conservatives are handed a, you know, a, basically a, a, an unbalanced budget and, and debt everywhere they look, and they're going to try and find their way out from it. And then they criticize it. I just find that ironic.
0: It's what politicians do, Sean. I, I hear you, though. It yeah, is. it's it's but frustrating. You know, it, and
3: they need somebody. It needs to change. They need to have somebody that has the, the province's best interest at heart, not their party, not towing the the you know the federal line for their party. Like they need to start looking after our province our people and
0: the people in it and the people in it exactly yep i hear you sean thanks for the call i really appreciate it
3: yeah you're welcome you have a good day all
0: right talk to you soon sam thompson is one of our global news online journalists and he joins us now on the phone uh sam good morning sam is also the host of the witch police radio podcast so the man knows his music and i brought you in here sam to talk about the Juno nominations which were announced this morning. The headline is the weekend leads the way with six Juno nominations, but I know you're going to dig into it for us and let us know about local nominees. Any Winnipeg or, or Manitoba Juno nominees? Yeah, there's there's a handful
4: hell. There's um uh, as usual, you know, uh, Manitoba Seems a little bit underrepresented, but we do have a handful of nominees in a bunch of different categories. Um, like that headline says, you know, the, the artists with international fame, like The Weeknd or Avril Lavigne, tend to uh, get most of the nominations, but there there are a few interesting ones uh, from here in Manitoba. Sure, go for it. Run, run them out for us. Okay, well, um, I guess, first of all, uh, Songwriter of the Year category, uh, Carmen Manitoba's uh, Fauja is nominated. And um, that's a fairly high-profile award. Um, And then in the classical categories, there's a couple of Manitobans as well. Uh, James Ennis, who is a violinist originally from Brandon, is up for Classical Album of the Year solo artist. And uh, Andrew Balfour, uh, composer from Fisher River Cree Nation, is up for Classical Album of the Year small ensemble. So that's uh, two in the classical category. Um, The Bros Landreth are up for Contemporary Roots Album of the Year. Jordan St. Cyr from Niverville is up for Contemporary Christian Gospel Album of the Year. And Indian City is up for the Contemporary Indigenous Artist or Group of the Year.
0: Well, I just got a text message from Mall Hall, and he says, we'll see if we can maybe get him on for a couple minutes here before the end of the show at noon. Uh, but he says, Hal, we're doing this. This is for Vince, right? For Vince Fontaine. So it was great to see uh, that Juno nomination. Well, I've yeah, got you, Sam, and, and thanks. Uh, go ahead. Say what you were going to say. There's one more
4: I wanted to mention, too. There's, yeah. there's an award they give every year. It's called the Music Counts Teacher of the Year Award, and they give it to Canadian music teachers. And there's actually a Manitoban... Um, Up for that one as well. It's Jewel Castleman, the teacher at Lakewood School. And so if she wins, uh, she'll get uh, announced live at the Junos, uh, win $10,000 to donation towards the school music program, and get the Juno statuette. So there's, uh, I think, four or five music teachers from across Canada who are up for that award. So that would be a very cool one.
0: Yeah, that is very cool. I did see the news release on that. It was it was nice to see a Winnipeg teacher uh, being recognized. Before I let you go, and, and you uh, feature so many wonderful local artists in your podcast, and I'm glad you had a few minutes to jump on here and sort of boil the Juno nominations down for us this morning, because often uh, the local talent, the Winnipeg and, and Manitoba artists, don't get featured and, and highlighted. So I'm glad you were able to do that for us. As you talk to bands, maybe not a band that was nominated, for a junior juno this year this time around but what are maybe one or two or, or three bands or artists out there that you've got an eye on right now sam that you say you know what one day this person or this band this group this artist will be collecting hardware at the juno level grammy level are, are there any bands or artists out there right now that have got your ear
4: uh, there's, there's a lot. There's a lot of them. There's a lot of bands, and I think that a lot of the bands that I would uh, kind of highlight aren't necessarily ones that'll win in categories that are at the Junos. But I would like to right. recommend um, uh, Hopscotch Battle Scars, which is a uh, a very noisy band. <laughs> I don't think that they would qualify for any of the categories <laughs> except for maybe the hard music metal category. Although they don't necessarily fit that description, but they've been doing great things. Uh, there's a lot of kind of uh, local artists who who make. Great music constantly. Uh, my favorite record of this past year was uh, by Scott Nolan, who is a you know well-known local singer-songwriter and uh, who's received a lot of uh, accolades before. But uh, I think that it would have been nice to see him up for the roots category. And, and there's so much great stuff from hip-hop to country to punk rock. Uh, Winnipeg has just got a lot of creativity.
0: And a great way to check a lot of that uh, music out is through Sam's podcast, which uh police radio hey um indian city where where were they nominated again
4: they're in the contemporary indigenous artist or group of the year
0: well you know what uh thanks for doing this sam we're going to take a quick break and i'm going to see if i can get spatch Mohol on for a couple of minutes to talk about that juno nomination i appreciate your help yeah good talking to you all right sam thompson one of our online journalists at global news